Hey there, boys and girls. What's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 141 for June 8th, Tuesday, June 8th, 2021. I'm Steve Witchell, New Orleans. What's up, Tony B, coming to you from New Jersey? It's, uh, What's happening? I was thinking earlier today, as I was thinking about tonight's episode, I was thinking, man, 141. I don't think I've ever talked to anybody else in my life for 141 hours. Imagine that, yeah. I would, I would say you're probably right. The only person I, I've probably talked to that much is my wife. But at an hour clip each time? N- no, no, no. That's over, what I'm saying. Over a lifetime, yeah. Over so a lifetime, probably a lot more. 141 hour sit downs. <laughs> right. That's big. It is, and it's like. You know, that's quite an accomplishment, Steve, that we should recognize because that is 141 hours of wisdom. It's a lot. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. Um, But we're happy to have you people join us. You watch watchers and listeners in our in our wisdom discussions. So if you would like to comment, please do ask questions, comment, complain, whatever you want to do. But make sure you click the link in the description that lets StreamYard show your name because we're broadcasting on StreamYard and we will address you by name and maybe even put you up on the screen. Maybe if you yeah. if you're not if it doesn't say Facebook user. Even when it says Facebook user, I put it up on the screen. All right. If it's a good comment, anyway. I guess it's all right. Yeah. I got all sorts of curls going on. It is so humid here. Oh yeah, dude, join the club. It's like ninety. 92 today and extremely humid. It's not that hot here. I'm in the deep south and it's not even that hot here. How is it? It's well, it's 90, close enough. Yeah, it's mega hot here. Cool. Welcome to summer. It's, it's time. Good. It's time to party. Yes, it is. Party on, Garth. <laughs> Let's do it. I do have a Garth thing going on, don't I? I just need the Wayne's World hat. You do. Somebody we'll send to, me the Wayne's we'll, World hat. Yeah, we'll have to get you one. Someone will have to work on that. It's my birthday coming up next month, so you. That's right. Somebody so, can get me a Wayne's World hat for my birthday, and I'll wear it on the show. Yes, and gifts are welcome. Mark says, "What's up? What's up, Mark? Nice to have you aboard, Mark. Is it your first time listening to the Wisdom Hour, watching the Wisdom Hour, being a part, watching, of the Hour? engaging?" <laughs> I wonder how many people because a lot of, we get you know the I watch the numbers on viewers and I wonder how many people just watch for a couple minutes or a couple seconds and like eh who 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 are these yahoos but not these, Jack who are these yahoos with 141 episodes who do they think they are but not Jack from Australia what's up mate he's he's on the other <laughs> side of the world. Yes, he is. And Mark he's, says, "Yeah, this is his first time." So, yeah, welcome smart. aboard, Mark. You've missed 140 hours, but we can recap it if you like. Mark, listen, just find 140 hours of spare time and go back, start at the beginning, and you know, within two weeks' time, you'd be caught up. That's right. Tammy went to a 
dispensary in Oklahoma, Oklahoma called Wayne's World. A, des, a dispensary means a place where you can buy uh, marijuana-related products, I believe. Yes, like the Ohm used to be back in the day. Right. One of 19 here. I don't know what that means, Greg says. Maybe he's one of mean? 19 dispensaries, or maybe he's one of 19 children there. Maybe he's <laughs> playing in 19 bands. 19, uh, 19 bands. That would be something. Mm. I've never played in that many bands. Not at the same time. Anyway. That's a lot of gigs, man. Sure is. I feel like I'm playing in 19 bands. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. Oh, my goodness. It is. Uh, it's something else. Oh, that's what he meant. He said there were 19 viewers when he came in. Now there's oh, 20. There you go. <laughs> he's one of 19. So somebody else. Somebody he's else one of 20 it. now. It's good. Now he's one of 20. Just keep a, keep a running count there, Greg. He's picking it up. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, for the, since we have new viewers, I'll have to tell everybody what I do. I play bass in a band in New Orleans three nights a week, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, starting at seven and ending at midnight. So five hours with a half hour break in the middle. And I've been playing in New Orleans for 11 years, full time, most of the time. And sometimes more than three nights, most of the time, more than three nights, four nights, five nights, sometimes six, sometimes even seven. And right now it's three nights, but it is, it's exhausting, dude. It's, it's exhausting. Exhausting is a state of mind, Steve. Can't, we, have, we, we don't tolerate exhausting conversations here. You're right. And I'm going to have to get some wisdom from you this hour. You are um, Greg's curious if Wayne's World Dispensary was allowed to play stairway. No stairway. Denied. Denied. Um, yeah, no, exhausted. I mean, dude, you just, got, you know, life is short. You got to make the most of it. So you got to embrace every moment and just be positive and engaged. And, you know, when you feel exhausted and you feel tired, I mean, listen, you can always recharge, take a nap. But mentally. I do that a lot. We got to train ourselves to always be, you know, positive and up, upbeat and, you know, not exhausted, mentally alert and awake. That is the wisdom that we are trying to bring here, Steve, is always to be Agreed. present, you know? That's the issue I'm having is the psychological exhaustion because it's, you know, I, I mean, we played three nights and it was the same exact band Friday and Saturday, which is rare. Yeah. And, and then Sunday we had a different keyboard player, um, but somebody that we've played with a lot before. It's just the, it's the, it's the psychological of, like after Friday and Saturday and then getting up on Sunday and thinking, okay, this is the end, you know, this is the end of the weekend, this last one, but it's still going to be a five hour marathon of playing songs. And then, you know, so there's that psychological aspect of, Oh, so long, such a long time to be on stage. And then it, it's easier when, when, when I'm there and, and it's happening, but there's still the psychological aspect of when the songs get called. Cause we don't have a set list. We just call songs as we go. And when, when Tracy, my singer will turn around and be like, uh, I can't get enough. And I was just like, oh, play that song again. <laughs> hey, listen, you could be doing something other than playing in a band, making money. You could be doing some other occupation, making money of something much less desirable. That, I know that you don't have to look forward to. 
you know? So, I mean, think of it, you know, put it in perspective, right? It's like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, dude, I want to be a rock star. I want to tour the world. I want to go. I want to go. But when you talk to these guys that actually do it, you know, they're dynamos of energy because think about it. They have to be, right? They're on the road playing 200 shows, you know, for four hours at a clip with, you know, a couple of nights off in between here and there. That's, that's, that's real stamina, man, especially if you're a drummer. You know, and in touring, yeah. Like, you know, and, and for any musician, bass, guitar, singer, you know, like when you see Foo Fighters, you know, it, it could be their hundred and fiftieth show of their two hundred show tour. They got to come out on stage like it's their first show. Agreed. That same enthusiasm, not like, ah, oh, dude, it's a hundred and forty fifth show. Oh man, again, we got to play these songs again. You know. No, I but, agree. I and, yeah, and both, mindset, you know. Yeah, and most of the songs that I play, I still love playing. And it's really, it's really dumb because no matter what, I'm playing notes on my bass. I'm playing those 12 notes and I'm playing some of them. And so it doesn't really even matter what song it is. You know, I'm playing, uh, either way, I'm playing notes on my bass. So Notes on um, the bass. We got some good good stuff here. Uh, Tim first said, have you run across a guitar player in the last name of Chapman in New Orleans? A uh, friend has a son down there who was a player. Does he play a stick? Chapman stick, get it? Come on. Come on, people. No. No, I don't. I, I don't know him. Uh, Chapman, no. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of musicians in New Orleans. That's what I was going to say. There's a lot of players on the scene, so you may not have crossed paths with every single right. one of them, even though you have quite a plethora of contacts down there since you've been down there you know you've played with many many people but i'm Maybe. sure there's hundreds more right you know? all right so this is a good topic for conversation that greg says have you ever given thought to what age you will continue playing live gigs until or a physical mental marker that will make you decide to retire you want to you want to take a stab at that buddy buddy buddy's not here tonight how about tony he's tony not, tony want to about it though yeah okay. yeah Okay. I would I say put your name up so I know who you are. Good. I would think, you know, for me personally, I, I think the age to not play out live anymore is when you physically, at least from my perspective, drumming, right, is when you physically can't deliver at the level that you want to perform at. You know, so if you're used to bringing a certain level of musicianship to the gig. When you reach a certain point where, let's say, you I, you, know, you get arthritis in your hands, right, or you're you don't have mobility in your joints, or you're stiff, or you can't execute, you know, on your um, dynamics and on your chops, you know, if you lose your your rudimentary mechanics, so to speak, you know, of of your muscle memory, that for me would be the point where I have to say, you know, I, I can't physically play anymore. Or if you, you know, you find yourself getting tired. I mean, listen, physical health has a lot to do with it, too. You know, I think that, you know, there's some guys out there playing that look like they're 70 that are really 50. And there's guys out there that they're in their 50s that look like they're in their, you know, late 30s, early 40s. Right. It all depends on how you, how you take that would care be of me, yourself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? You don't want to look like a bunch of old guys up there all fat and out of shape and, and you know. That happens, so you know it does happen, and at a point, it's like, ah, eh, the band's good, but you know, what, what, how are you presenting? So I think it's all a personal preference, you know. And if you have if you have a certain level that you want to 
perform at and uh, you know the band wants to uh, appear uh, have a certain appearance and, and a marketability you know there's going to be a time where you're going to have to you know decide it when that comes but personally for me and I, I don't know i can't speak for you but i think it would be like to the point where if i couldn't physically play anymore at the level i want to play at i wouldn't be comfortable just keeping time you know even if you could keep a solid groove but you had no chops anymore or you could you know your hands didn't work or your feet weren't as fast or you had back problems you know there would be a point where if it was physically taxing i think that would be you know a point where you would say uh you know it may be time to start packing it in but it is one you know that is one of the great things about music though it's not a physical thing like motocross racing or gymnastics or sport you know like a football or or professional athlete where you know you're going to time out at a certain age you just you right. know, you're going to have to retire just because your body's physically beat up or you just don't have the speed and the stamina anymore because you know as you get older your body's not going to be what it was when it was 25 you know right but as musicians we can still you know as long as we can sing and we can play you know, we still have our ability to to pursue our craft and enjoy it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, it's definitely much the physical aspect of it is definitely much more of an issue for drummers because drum drumming is a physical activity. Um, whereas playing guitar, playing bass, singing, playing piano, you could sit if you have to um, on stage. You can, and so. I, I want to put Greg's question up again, just so I can. Uh, I haven't given a thought to an age, definitely not to play in live gigs, or, or, or and and as far as a physical mental marker, I haven't. I really have never given any thought to some sort of deadline where, yeah, when I'm 65, I'm going to be done playing music. Like, why? Why would I do that? Because I I've been playing music for most of my life, and I don't think that there's any reason for me to set any end date for it. Um, I, but you know, like a lot of what you said is I agree. It's just, you know, if you're physically can't do it. Or if you don't do enjoy it. it either, you know, if you, just, that's what, if you're, that's not, what, if you're just, if it's become such a grind and you're just not digging it anymore and you've, yeah, there you go. Dale said it when it stops being fun, if right. you got to, if you got to pump yourself up to do it, or you're just not enjoying it anymore, then maybe you got to take a break from it, you know, and step away because when you do have a hiatus, you do appreciate it more when you come back, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like double-edged sword, right? When you're, when you're gigging eight times, 10 times a month, you know, after a year of doing that, it's like, oh man, you get into that routine, you know, the band sounds killer. Everyone's tight. You know what I mean? But you're, it's a huge commitment of your time. Then if all of a sudden you start yes. getting tired of it, or you're having personnel issues in the band or people are just getting on your nerves, you know, if you do step away from it or you go play with another band or like in this instance with COVID where everyone has to take a, a year break. Now, when you come back to it, you know, you're renewed and refreshed. And if I think if you're, if you're still feeling the same way and you're not excited and renewed and refreshed, then that would be a time to kind of look inside and reflect and say, you know, why is this not doing it for me anymore? Or what am I not enjoying about it? You know? Yeah. And I think it has to be a consistent feeling because there's times when I dread it. I dread, I'm like, I don't want to go play tonight. Um, but if I was feeling that way every night and every weekend, then I would say, all right, maybe I should be hanging this up. Um, but it doesn't like that. You know, I just have, I, I'm tired, mentally exhausted, whatever. And I just, like, oh, I don't feel like I'm going to play tonight. Um, but 
but the, then there's I, I still feel the renewed sort of refreshed having the year off and as we discussed during that year with covid i was happy to be off you know uh, you know especially what happened with my arm but even before that i was like yeah it's nice to just take a break for a while because i've been playing so much for so long well and you were playing five nights a week for a while there too before COVID, right you know right um yeah, this is a, an interesting take. Kristen said, I feel that when the crowd slash fan base loses interest, it's time to give it up. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you can always find a new crowd or find a new fan base. Uh, or you could you could do something different in music than what you were doing that was feeding that fan base and, and find another fan base. So, it, I mean, if if she's referring to just like she's in one band and that's their thing and that's it, and then you know, the people just start coming to their shows and then they could say, okay, yeah, well, you know, we got to hang up now. So I could see that. Well, and I think there has to be some diversity amongst it as well. In other words, like, you know, for me, like the teaching aspect of it, you know, the clinic aspect of it, you know, the whole mentoring portion of drums and drummers, you know, and drumming, like aside from being in a band setting, right. As a musician in a cover band, Right. There's original music that that, uh, you know, I, I pursue. Right. That I'm working on. There's there's songs I'm writing with different people. There's there's things I'm playing on. There's friends of mine that now wrote things over covid that they now want to share and put, you know, tracks together. They have rough ideas of songs and, you know, they're they're They've become renewed. So I think it depends on the avenue, like the performance is one part of it with a band and individual performance in like a clinic setting or a TED talk, let's say, or an instructional setting is something different. Teaching young drummers and watching them develop, you know, over the course of a couple of years and then becoming successful in their own right is another thing that never gets old. You know what I mean? That's something that's always renewed and, you know, you always um, – have a you know at least i do have a passion for teaching and sharing that information with younger generations and leave a legacy behind and you know much like we do here we talk and we banter and we have a lot of stuff and we we kind of bounce off of what people you know have comments and and we, we you know we go all over the place and we meander around and amongst a lot of topics but i think that um ultimately you know we have a collectively a, a ton of experience right and and wisdom no pun intended from all the years of the different musical things that we've done you know for over 35 years so to be able to share that with younger um students you know is is big you know and it's it's also exciting to see their enthusiasm to want to under you know to hear the stories and and you know they're starting to embark on a journey of, you know, they're maybe an eighth grader or beginning freshman year of high school and they're starting to get a band together, you know, and they haven't played a gig yet, let's say. And you can impart some some wisdom to help them to be confident, <clears throat> play at their best and not nervous. And it doesn't really matter if you make a mistake and those sort of things that, you know, I think it's important to reinforce and tell people that because they need encouragement. And no matter how good you are, you always like people to come up and tell you how great the band sounded or how much they enjoyed your playing. You know, it kind of reinforces what you do because you may play 10 gigs and no one really pays attention to anything. You know, you make good money in tips jar and people come up and say, oh, the band sounded great. Or maybe they don't say it, you know, but once in a while, one off, someone will pull you aside and say, oh, man, you know, I I really enjoyed your playing. I used to play bass. And, you know, maybe you you inspired someone to get back into it again, you know? Yeah. lot of avenues to you know that music can take you on right i mean like you said you can do youtube stuff you can produce you can you know you can there's such an endless uh wealth of knowledge out there now on the internet 
you know, that musically you can, you can do whatever you want, you know? Incredible wealth of knowledge. And, and hopefully that's something that we're leaving for future generations, for posterity, for, for I these, uh, these recorded meetings that we have once a week. <laughs> 141 episodes of they're going to be i mean can you imagine like 200 years that this is going to be like ancient technology and ancient artifacts of wow look at that like 200 years ago there were these yahoos <laughs> yeah guys talking about youtube now it's like you can stream a right. live in your living room of anybody you know? yeah i mean who knows 200 years is probably more than that uh, paul said uh 51 uh he said i feel like i only have so long but I can keep up the rock thing, but I'm consciously doing more acoustic shows so I can eventually transfer to that and do for many more years. And yeah, that's a lot, what a lot of people in that age group do the the fifties and even sixties. Uh, and you're cool with it. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are cool with it. Just going to play a happy hour once a week for, you know, for two hours or three hours and make tips and maybe some free beer. And that's it. You know, I got a friend of mine, him and his brother are both in their seventies and they play one man acoustic shows, you know, full time. That's all they do at senior housing. There you go. Senior citizens, you know, so they're booked seven days a week and it's in the afternoons, like one to four, one to three, you know what I mean? And they roll up, set up the PA and they're one man show. And, you know, everyone's entertained for an hour and a half or two hours and they get paid good money. And then they're, you know, they, they split and then tomorrow they go to a different place. And for them, it's still, you know, and they still do gigs, you know, they still do, you know, bar gigs too, nightclubs and private events. But as a filler, it's something that, you know, and my one friend said to me, it actually brings him some joy because, you know, these people that are in the nursing home don't get exposed to, you know, a lot of live entertainment. So for him to come in there, it's like a big event, you know, they all gather and everyone's excited and, you know, they, they have flyers they're, up all over the place exactly. like, they're singing along and they're clapping and they're, you know, they really enjoy it. So it's, it's, it's that aspect of it too, where, like I said, last week when we played that gig, you know, in front of almost 200 people, it's the first time kicking off you know Memorial Day weekend that people haven't really been out since COVID and they just lifted the mask, you know, the, the bands are all off and, mm-hmm. and it was it was really exciting. And I, you know, people were 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 super pumped and excited and enthusiastic and engaged, you know, to be there. And we're playing again. Uh, I'm playing Saturday night and then I'm playing Sunday. We're playing an outdoor festival for a benefit show with five other bands. Nice. So this weekend you got a double double I, uh Gigs? Double gigs. I guess for, uh, Saturday night and then Sunday, one uh, thirty to three. What's the Saturday night gig? Saturday night gig is a rock gig at a bar, uh, local in town, outdoor. They have a new pavilion that they built. <laughs> they were playing outside six to ten, weather permitting. And what what bar is it? Place I would know. J and S Roadhouse up up by me in West Milford. Great yeah. venue, you know, great people, local place. Uh, you know, we play there every six weeks. It's it's a regular, you know, in our rotation. And then um, the Sunday gig, because there's five bands, they got backline, drums, everything's mic'd Perfect. up. Perfect. Just, yeah, just roll up, stick, cymbals, play. You know, take snare. Yes, pedal, snare, cymbals, take it down, and next guy's up and running. So Beautiful. that's great. Not to bring anything except, you know, minimal minimal gear. I love those gigs. I love the those gigs because I love music so much, and I love seeing new bands. Or, or other bands, just even if they're not new to me. Yeah, and That's there could fun. potentially be, you know, a thousand people there, right? Between five different bands, and it's a big benefit show. And yeah. they're trying to raise and if it's money. nice out, yeah. 
That's what I mean. And they have all kinds of other activities going on. You know, it's like a $5 donation, but it's an all day thing. It's like a, a farm. They have like petting thing and they have horses and they have all kinds of animals and, you know, they're going to have all kinds of food. So potato be, sack race. Yeah. It'd be a good time. Potentially. Uh, I'll, if there is, I'll, I'll take a picture of it. And we'll you, you should, it well, week. you should bring a potato sack just in case. Yeah, I, I definitely should. Potato um, sack champion in my younger days, you know, Paul said it. He rocked. He'll rock the nursing home. He'll be a resident, but he'll rock it. The, the great thing about playing nursing homes is is that they don't. Nobody else freebird. That's right. Nobody else freebird. Unless it, it it's in like ten or twenty years, and you're playing a nursing home, then you're going to have some maybe yeah, somebody maybe. else. Yeah. In fact, you might have somebody that only says freebird. That's the only word they say, and they'll say it over and over again. That's okay because you could actually learn it and be one of the only guys to do it. There you go, you and know, then he'll still say freebird. Afterwards. Yeah, if you had an acoustic and you're just by yourself, you could pull it off. I just played it. Freebird. I we just I just played uh, Freebird. You, you just missed it, man. Sorry. No repeats. Okay. Um this you're gonna love this person's name. I don't know how this is a, a name of a person, but cool rush band says I'm 65 and I'll be moving an eight-piece drum set fully mic'd nine times this July. I'm still hanging in there in a the cover band. Good for you, cool rush band. Yes. I think that's a whole band. That is the whole band. But I like I, the fact that he's saying he'll move it, at, at, you know, an eight-piece drum set fully mic'd nine times in July. I'm right with you, brother. And that's that's a good testament. I can remember when we were kids, like in our 20s, and we were touring with Eye of the Storm. We really had no road support. And, we, and I was bringing the mega kit. So it was the cage and the double bass. And, you know, it was like a 15-piece kit fully mic'd. And we used to bring it. Every gig, everywhere, every time. And I can't tell you how many times guy, club owners or guys say, like, you won't be bringing that in 10 years. Or don't bring that here again. This is not Madison. Yeah. We played just Jake's and Clifton. And Jake was like, don't. Great drum set, dude. It's beautiful. It sounds great. Don't ever bring it here again. It's too much stuff. Especially just Jake's. That's that the elevated stage. You got to walk up yes. the stairs and carry Correct. that. Yeah. Correct. And we set it up. We had sequencers and full PA. And, you know, we used to go. You know, so I'm with Cool Rush Band. Like we would say, you know, we are until we, the day we die, we are bringing mega gear. We're not going to strip down to like a three piece kit. You know what right. I mean? Cool Rush Band's name is actually Mark Sinatra, which is almost as cool. Yes, he's the drummer for a local band in San Diego. And um, I'm guessing that the name name of the band is Cool Rush, and they have a page here or something called Cool Rush Band, nice. unless they are a Rush Band. And a Rush tribute band, and they're, and they're calling cool, themselves Cool Rush. Cool Rush band, yes. It could go either way. I'm I'm gonna guess the former that the name of the band is Cool Rush, which is a cool name. It is Cool Rush. Who than... doesn't like a Cool Rush? <laughs> Everyone likes a Cool Rush. Tina has, uh, asks, anyone have any tricks for recovering back to back gigs other than the obvious rest? And I'm um, I'm guessing Tina that you're a singer and that you're you're talking about recovering from singing um, because re recovering for anybody else is just yeah, like a matter of rest. Well, um, top, top tip is don't drink, you know, don't drink. Chris Yoder says water. Yep. Water is excellent and definitely rest. Don't talk a lot. Um, warm up your voice. Definitely warm up your voice before you go to the gig. Hydrate uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes, warming up your voice. Yep. Um, and yeah, don't, if you're drinking, don't drink a lot, definitely. But 
Um, I mean, because I've known singers that drink their faces off and they can still sing great. So listen again, everybody not to encourage now. that or anything. No, but some people can also drink, you know, and get hammered and go up and play drums. Great, you know, or play their instrument. Great. Other people drink and you know, after two drinks, they're starting to eh, well, you know, they're not in the zone anymore, so to speak. You know, but I, I think, think yeah, I think if I. I'm sorry. I think if I was hammered, I could play drums great. <laughs> you probably could. <laughs> but I mean, like you said, besides the obvious, rest, hydrate, you know, back to back. Um, you know, I think mentally, I think the biggest aspect of that recovery is just the attitude like we talked about earlier. You know, if you have a gig Saturday, let's say you have a Friday, Saturday night gig, right? So Friday night's gig, if you're if you're not a full-time musician, you'll be doing it after your day, your day gig, your daytime job, right? So I would suggest you try to load the night before so you're not getting home from work Friday trying to rush load all your stuff into your car, take a shower, you know what I mean? Like you'll be, you'll be rushed out of the gate. If all your stuff's already loaded up, you get home, take a shower, you can eat, you can, you know, then make your way over to the gig. Then for the net, you know, then so, but I think the mindset is you got to talk yourself out of, oh man, I'm tired, you know? Right. And then the next day, Saturday, like, oh, I got to get another gig tonight. This is, yeah. you know, this is going to blow. You got to be excited about it. Say, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to play again, you know, two nights in a row. Cause I may not play for another two weeks or three weeks, you know, or maybe you have back to back, like Weisenheimers used to do back to back sometimes twice a month. You know, we play a Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, something like that, you know? Right. Sure. And um, yeah, you know, it's just a mental thing. You just have to get yourself, <laughs> you know, excited about it. That's all. Yeah. She said, got it. Lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of, uh, but, um, uh, but all good tips. And, and I would also recommend breathing exercises. I've been doing breathing exercises lately for the last like month and a half, two months, uh, daily breathing exercises just for my well-being. I've been doing them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I have found that it's definitely helping me with singing. Because um, obviously singing, you need good breath control. You need to be able to to breathe deeply and, and uh, just just doing the breathing exercises just to help my my spirit is helping my singing too because I'm, I'm singing a lot um really in the band and and whereas like maybe five years ago or, or so i would have struggled with certain hitting certain notes or 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 the stamina of singing back-to-back -back songs now i'm not as much and a part of that was quitting smoking too so that that helped me a lot um but yeah i think uh, part, part of breathing exercises are great too yeah but i, I think also, as equally as important as that is for a singer is being able to hear yourself at the gig. Yes. Having a great monitor or having in-ears. This way you're singing. You're not yelling. And yes. That, you know, because you can blow your voice out in the first set. Now you got back-to-back -back gigs and, you know, it's going to be a struggle the rest of the night. And then tomorrow, depending on how the PA is, it may be just as, as bad, you know. So I think that's a big thing. When you can hear yourself and you're not, you know blowing your voice out yeah see tina's saying yes that 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 i think is the biggest saver because then you're you're singing comfortably as you would if you were home warming up you know then all of a sudden you get to the gig and the band's real loud or the guitar player's too loud or the room's boomy and you can't hear yourself and the monitor's not enough and now you're you're overdriving your voice to try to compensate you know yeah. three four five songs in you're like ugh. yeah yeah she in ears in ears is huge because you're not 
locked into first of all you have some isolation right from the rest of the music on the stage you have the the, the ambient stage noise is kind of suppressed a little bit and you're not relying a on lot, yeah. a monitor that other people might be sharing or it's down on the floor pointing up at you you know in ears i remember when we went to in ears like the first gig i was amazed i just said that i can never go back to a regular monitor again you know yeah i'm in a situation now where i'm not using in ears but the monitor setup is excellent we have four that are flown in the front of the stage and then one right that's up on the ceiling right by me i stand in the backstage left and there's one that is right there for me and then the drummer has his own monitor however that monitor was blown on friday this past the drummer weekend. drum monitor the one by you No, my monitor and and my monitor i get my vocal and i get mostly my vocal and guitar because guitar players stage right all the way on the other side is amp is facing out. I can't really hear him too well unless I have him in my monitor. And then I get some of his vocal uh, as well in my monitor. But it was blown on Friday. And I didn't have, so I had to rely on the monitor that stage left all the way in the front flown in front of the keyboard player. And it's, I, I mean, it's only a few feet, but it makes such a difference. I, where you're standing on stage uh, on how well you can hear yourself. So I oh, had yeah. to sing, I had to sing basically with no monitor. I mean, I could still hear myself, you know, audibly, but not as clear as I would as loud as I would with my own monitor. And it's, it, it definitely, Oh, it does make a difference in the way I sing. Cause I'm like trying to hear myself. So I'm trying to project more and I'm shouting more and I'm using more of my throat than instead of my head. And, um, or, and uh, and then by Sunday, we had it all back normal dialed in. And by Sunday, my monitor was cranking and it was actually too loud. I had him turn it down. But where I could just speak, basically whisper in the mic and it was going out, you know, so it made a huge difference in, in how I felt my voice, how my voice felt and and the ease of singing. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing when you go to like a concert, when you go to like a you know an arena and you see a band. You know, typically yeah. you don't realize how loud that lead singer's not only the mic but his monitor is. You know, I mean he's barely talking into it and it's blasting, blaring loud. So when he's screaming, you know, those notes out, he's not screaming like you or I would be if you were yelling across the field to somebody like Steve. You know, he's just singing it, but it's coming across you know at a tremendous you know volume and energy and power because of the amplification. So I think right. that's, you know, if you don't have a sound man or you don't have a sound person for your band, you know, like you have that luxury where, you know, the clubs you play in have a built-in PA with a sound guy, right? So once you ideally, get yeah. running, ideally, but when you have to like, a lot of times we're bringing our own PA, you know, so when you have to bring your own PA, you know, you have to tweak it a little bit depending on the room and how sophisticated your system is. You know, if you save, you know, if you play the same place all the time, you can save a scene in your monitor in your mixer sometimes you know if you have a a more up-to-date modern mixer right so when you get to that room boom you bring up the scene and it's it's already you know once you've dialed in that room you can recall it you know anytime you want but if you're playing outdoors or you're in a new room you know you want to get there early and set up it because you know if you don't have some time to sound check and get good sound then you just start winging it and you know it makes like you said all the difference in the world when you can hear yourself and you're not struggling you you're much you can focus on what you're you know on playing and not focus on trying to constantly battle against these these inconsistencies right yeah um uh, yeah i mean that's another point to, to definitely not overlook is the getting a good sound check 
if you if you can make sure you definitely get a good sound check and and most people know that already i guess but you know it's still a good reminder to oh, like oh yeah you know i gotta make sure that i'm gonna really be able to hear myself when the band is full on because sound check typically you know if you're just two 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 on the mic two two you're, you're not playing with the oh, full no, you band gotta, with you the, gotta play a full, full band song, yeah where everyone's singing you, and you know ideally ideally you want to do a line check for everybody and then and set your volume where you think it should be you know have it and then do a full band sound check at least a half a song if not a full song and then make your adjustments accordingly from there and and of course too in a perfect world you have a sound man that's there all night that is responsive to you uh that that will help you out that you can hand signal to like you know like you know turn the guitar on you know and, and they'll understand and they'll do it and then and they work with you well so that all contributes as well and don't forget also be open-minded to when you know the fans come up from the audience and say hey i can't hear that when when the keyboard singer sings that we really can't hear him can you turn him up or the guitar needs to be louder you know like it might be blasting loud where you're standing but if two or three people come up to you and say they can't hear the guitar or they can't hear that keyboard's vocal you know what i mean you want to address that because it may sound great on stage, but out front, it's it's not getting out. You know, it's not getting to the people. Yeah, that's happened so, a lot before. You know, yeah, and, especially and, when you're like halfway into the first set too. Like your sound check might be fantastic. You know, now two or three songs later, now the room fills up with more people. You know, the the acoustics change in the room, and certain frequencies get mitigated to where now you know that guy's vocal sounded great before, but now there's a hundred people in the room, and for whatever reason, you can't hear him. Right. Yeah, that happens a lot. I love it when somebody comes up to me and I have absolutely no control over the sound or anything. And somebody come up comes up to me like, hey, man, I, you know, I can't hear uh, the guitar player. Like, All right. What do you, what do you want me to do? I, I, thanks. Yeah. And they're just, they're guy, just trying to help. Yeah. Know, but there's but, not even a guy in the, in the sound booth that you could, you know, motion to. Right. I'd have to say, yeah, go wake up the sound man. He's asleep in his car outside. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or he's outside smoking a joint. Go get him. And yeah. So that's a, that's the other thing too. If you have an attentive sound guy, typically that stuff doesn't happen. You know, if you have a guy who's at the board, not right. just set it and forget it. You know, he's he's adjusting as, as the as the acoustics in the room change and as the as the crowd fills up, and as you know, as the songs progress too. You know, as the band becomes more energetic and everyone's playing, they're digging into it a little harder. And second set's got some more rock and tunes, and you know. You may be playing with more enthusiasm. You're digging in a little more. The drummer's, you know, laying into it a little bit more. Everyone's, just, you know, singers got a little more power. And all of a sudden, everything's getting progressively louder, you know, or the band is creeping up in volume and it's starting to drown out the vocal, you know? Well, yeah. Not, you know, it's, it's a lot to, to be cognizant of. Um, and you're fortunate if you can set it, you know, halfway through the first set into the second set and the room is pretty consistent and you don't have to keep adjusting it. Yeah, you know, once you find the sweet spot. Yeah, that is. It's about finding that sweet spot. We we are lucky as as weird as it is, as screwed up as it is that there's one sound man basically that does five or six clubs a night on Bourbon Street. Um, he does a good job at dialing us in, and he'll you know he'll dial us in. He'll listen to a couple songs, make any necessary adjustments, and if we have any anything that we want adjusted, he'll do it, and then he'll split and he'll go to some of the other clubs, and he'll always say, "I'll be back." Uh, and he'll always come back, you know, within an hour, he'll come back and he'll listen again. So that that's generally a good 
gauge from you know from that first hour like how is it going to be for the whole night but he knows the room well you know whether it's packed or empty you know he knows how to sure um, well, I said too. If you have a guy that's familiar with it and it's his system, it's a lot. You're gonna have a more consistent sound for sure. You know, especially if, like you said, you're playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Same band, same PA, same sound guy. It should be fairly consistent. Yeah, but uh, as uh, Gary points out, temperature and humidity changes cause cause needs for adjustments too. Yeah, and that is absolutely the truth. With uh, you know, especially. Um, I don't know. Yeah, your your voice is going to be affected by temperature and humidity, um, and everything else. Wood, if you play a guitar, and, and drums are made of wood too. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they will will uh, uh, be affected. Sure. By a lot, a lot of factors go into it, but it's all about. I think it still comes down to your your overall perspective and your attitude. You know, because shit's going wrong. And you start getting pulled into the drama of the things going wrong. It's just a you know, it just escalates and spirals into down or down the toilet. You know what I mean? When things are going wrong, and you can stay composed and be like, okay, we're just going to power through it. You know, it, agreed. It, your energy is going to create a better you know outcome. Same as if you're tired and you have a gig that night. You know, if you keep focusing on how tired you are and how dreaded you are for the gig, it's going to be like that the whole night. You know, you won't all of a sudden get there on stage and be alive and awake and ready to go. But if you go into it with an attitude of, you know, you're excited to play, can't wait to get there. You know, it's also collective energy. If everyone in the band's kind of like, oh, hey, man, what's going on? You know, you know, <laughs> or people are like, yo, dude, good to see you, man. How's, you know, what's going on? And, right. You know. That's true. That's true. But I, I mean, I, I disagree in that it can't snap change like that because I've definitely been in that situation where I'm like, uh, I feel like playing. And as soon as I get there, like there's people in the club and everybody's dancing and there's no music playing. And now that I'm like, all right, okay, I'm awake now. I'm ready to go. Sure. So, so that definitely affects me. But, um, I was going to say something I forgot, completely forgot. Ah, Steve. Um, it's all good. Yeah. Collective energy, we're saying that uh, energy and uh, yeah, yeah. If, if everyone in your band's down, then you'll be down. But whatever thought you had, it'll come back, Steve, at some point, as it oh, always yeah. does. It's it's flying around the room it's somewhere. Like it's like a boomerang wisdom. So just be careful; it's going to come <laughs> back and hit you. And then when it hits you, you go, cool. "Oh, dude, I remember now what I was going to say." Yeah, and then you can come back to it. Yeah. Um. But all good stuff. And I think, you know, the other thing, too, is even back-to-back gigs, if you're not playing every single weekend, like if you have a week or two off in between your gigs, you know, it's just it's a, it's a, it's a back-to-back doubleheader weekend. But it's, it's con- like, you know, we've talked about in the past, the more the band plays consistently and in shorter time intervals, the tighter and better it gets. You know, like you could have two killer shows. If you don't play for a month, it's, it's almost like starting over sometimes, you know. If you play every you know, other week or every two weeks, you're, you're, you're consistently gigging, at least as a, a routine to it. And rehearsal is another thing, you know, like the, the, the band I'm playing with now, the OC five is, you know, one of the first only bands I've played in, in a long time that actually rehearses consistently, you know, every week or every other week, learning right. new material, going over vocals, you know, just polishing up things, which is cool because I've always played in situations where you just show up and play. You know, learn the song, show up and play and know your part and sing it. And, you know, if, if something's really 
um, challenging, then you may have a rehearsal to go over. Like if you're, if we were doing a wedding, you know, you might go over and brush up on some of the wedding tunes and make sure your tempos are good. You know, if you haven't played weddings, you know, week in and week out, you have a couple of weddings a year, you know, and you have months in between that, that could be cause for some rehearsal, but it's just refreshing to actually get together and rehearse. And it, yeah, it's great. You no, know, it, it makes the band a lot tighter than just yes. up and playing. No doubt. Yeah, uh, rehearsals are hard to come by for for me down here, and it just doesn't really happen. Well, so, I mean, it's never you know it hasn't happened for me in years. This is the first band yeah. I played with in probably ten years that actually rehearses consistently. Well, you rehearsed with with Weisenheimers. Yeah, but not every like you know once a month maybe you know. Okay. Or if we, and if we were gigging like a, a lot, we weren't rehearsing. You know, like I said, unless we had a wedding or a private party where the guy had you know ten songs or fifteen songs they wanted us to learn. You know, we would just go over them to shake them out right but i i do remember the boomerang came back I, um I, I i'm aware of it like I, when i'm on stage i'm aware of uh, you know i'm aware of the fact that i'm like okay maybe i'm mentally dragging here um and i really intentionally will will get myself back into the moment and be present and 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 realize the gift that, that i i'm enjoying of playing bass guitar in a band on a stage on one of the most popular streets on in in the world in one of the greatest music cities in the world and get paid for it so i i, I constantly have that awareness even when i'm i'm feeling like uh, you know i still i snap myself back i do i do do it and that does help a lot yeah, as soon as you recognize those things, it puts you in a different mindset, you know, and you become more excited about it, you know, and you're enthused and you're, like you said, appreciative of it, you know. And I think, too, from a drummer's perspective, like you're steering the energy of the band overall, you know, if, sure. the, band, if the band's all upbeat and cranking and it's a it's a fiery song and you're just kind of back there laying it down and ho-hum, you know what I mean? It's going to come across that way, 100%. But when the drummer's leading the charge, you know what I mean? It makes a big difference, you know. Right. And that's not you know that's when you lean on your drum yeah exactly i used to do that to tony but then he would push me off because i was sweaty yeah yeah, yeah and i can only i'm playing with one hand i'm like dude come on back off get off <laughs> but 100 percent, right because you know and not to tout or or promote you know drummers egos or you know to to keep reiterating why it's called a throne the seat that we sit on mm -hmm. but it is consistent where the energy of a drummer definitely steers the ship you know and that's just a fact of music you know Yes, we bow to you, O kings, O mighty kings of the throne. Yes, my loyal subjects. With weapons in hand. Yes, yes, you have axes in hand, correct. You have, you have weapons in hand that you can sticks. throw. Yes, yes, exactly. I have a whole bag of sticks here I can fend off villains. Right, sticks and cowbells yeah. and But you want to be, you know, you want to be cognizant of that too. Like if you're playing, you know, won't get fooled again by the who, you got to embody that energy that Keith Moon brings to the song. You know, you can't play the song perfectly note for note, but with ho-hum enthusiasm, you know what I mean? Like you may have executed it technically correct, but the whole emotional. Yeah, good luck with that. Won't get fooled again. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's it's one of those songs where you have to em embrace and embody that spirit and energy that, that drives that song, you know, and not be so, you know, there's certain you know, as unorthodox as a style as Keith had, you can definitely, you know, there's a structure to it, 
if you listen to it enough, you know, oh, yeah. there's definitely a, a way that he's thinking about how he's approaching that, that music, but it's with uh, reckless abandon most of the time, all and, the time, you know, but in a controlled setting, like he's not really, you know, he, he's not blowing fills and speeding up and slowing down a lot, but he's consistently right on the edge of your seat. So you have to play it that way. If you don't, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to come across to the audience with that kind of energy. The thing about the who, because I'm a huge fan of the who and the thing about the who in their classic days, especially their live performances, it would be like Keith Moon, John Whistle, and Pete Townsend were all just soloing for like minutes at a time. Right. They're all just playing their own thing, but somehow it's all working together. Like yep. Keith Moon just would, would never play straight. Tap, tap. You know, he was. No, he's a, he's, he's constantly he's a wild man. around the beat. Yep. He was animal in the flesh. Animal from the Muppets. Yeah, but it's fun to play things like that because it makes you appreciate his creative genius, you know, and, sure, and sure. his mindset in, in creating those songs. Like you said, just, you know, sitting down and doing his thing, which is why you, me, all these people that, you know, are in the group, people that are listening tonight, they all have their own unique talent and their a unique energy and sound that the only they can get from their instrument, you know? Including and, voice. And, and including voice, correct. And I think that's what makes it great because you, you're you're not you're not gonna be like anybody else ever. Agreed. Speaking of, I'm gonna go way off on a tangent here, but speaking of what makes it great, you know the Rick Beato series. Uh yes. that's what make what makes the song great. Yep. There's a guy, I don't have his name, but you guys can look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. It a guy started the series called What Makes This Song Stink. And he's <laughs> And he references Rick Beato right away. He says, you know, Rick Beato has done the, the series. And this guy is funny. He's really funny. And the way he put together the videos, it's it's he's not copping Rick Beato's style of putting together videos. He does his own thing. Right, um, right. And it's and it's it's clever and it's it's funny. And That's he cool. did he's done three videos so far. And the first song he did was Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. Uh-huh. What makes the song stink? And it's so funny. And Kryptonite is a song that we play every time we play. I sing it every time. I have sung Kryptonite, I don't know, 800 times. <laughs> I don't know how many times. We do that song in the select rooms also. Yeah. And it works. It works great. But Yeah, people um, love it. But but this guy doing that, what makes the song stink? You guys can look it up on YouTube. It's funny. And the, the second song he did was um, All Summer Long by Kid Rock. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, everybody knows it's a, it's a, uh, I was going to say a ripoff, and it really is a ripoff, but it's. It's a tribute, Steve. It's a tribute. Tribute to, to Sweet Home Alabama and yes. Werewolves of London. Yes. Which both have the same D, C, G chord yes. progression. Yep. Um, and then, and I watched those two, and those two were funny. And then the third one is, uh, which I didn't watch yet, which is uh, Beverly Hills by Weezer. It's the song he does. <laughs> okay. What makes the song stink? I have to so, check it out. So, if you want a good laugh, because he, I think he really genuinely does not like these songs. I don't think he's pretending. No, he probably has a whole bunch of songs that he doesn't like. He can't wait to make the videos about them. Right. Which, which you know. I admire his commitment. That's what's going to make them authentic and it's going to make it engaging, right? Because he's got passion about it. Yeah. In fact, I sent him a friend request and he accepted it. So I have to, I got to get in touch with the guy and maybe we can have him on here or something. <laughs> get him on the Wisdom Hour and tell him. We, you know. we should get him on Wisdom Hour. 
he would probably do it because you know we're promoting his stuff. Exactly, he's looking for some promo. Yeah, Ray said uh, Beverly Hills is fun to play. A lot of reason songs are, to be honest. Um, yeah. And and people, Beverly Hills is one song that goes over so well. And I don't play it here in New Orleans, but I know I have. I've seen bands play it. I may have played it once or twice, and but I know it goes over. The first time I ever played it was someone requested it at a private party, and the guy's like, "You have to do it." It's like my daughter's favorite song. We're like, "Okay, no problem." And it was like, "Do any of you guys know it?" And they were like, "No." And the keyboard player who was a sub was like, "I know it, and I can sing it." So we're like, "Cool." So uh, you know, took a break, went uh, you know went on our phones, brought it up, listened to it, and came back and played it. Really, that yeah. that quickly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't no, think it's no, all that difficult. Don't forget the guy, the keyboard player knew it already, and he and he oh. was singing it. So we just need to, you know, know the changes. Okay. And the drums are not like Keith Moon or or, or Neil Neil Peart or anything. You know, it's pretty straight ahead, so it's not that hard to digest. Yeah, um, I've never actually sat down and learned it. I don't like it myself. Like if it comes on the radio, I'm turning that song off. Yeah, and we didn't play it again after that. Like, even though we knew it, it was like, yeah, we, you know, if someone requested, okay. we can bring it back. But, but people it. love singing along to that chorus, man. Yes, they do. They do. Beverly Hills. <laughs> they love it, too. <laughs> you know what I heard today? Limp Biscuit rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Yeah. Rolling. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that one. What a rocker, man. I haven't heard that in ages. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Greg says all, almost all Weezer songs are fun to play. We used to do Hash Pipe. That was, that's yep. a fun one. Dun, dun, yep. dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's a good tune. Um, uh, what other Weezer songs? Uh, I don't even. I don't think I did any other Weezer songs. Now Beverly Hills is the only one that we ever did. Hash Pipe's a good one. We should. I should try to bring that one back. That's tough to sing though. You got to have that really high falsetto. Yep. I don't even think my female singer could sing that. Wow. Yeah, it's this is there. this is the, uh, Greg said my own worst enemy and nothing. Yeah. Song. And that I would want to suggest it to that guy to do that song. Oh That's yeah, but that song is played like he just said, everybody loves that song, man. You start playing that song, everybody knows that everyone starts going crazy. Forget it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Works every time. Ten thousand times later, it still goes over. <laughs> Big time. As dude. soon as it's it's one of those songs that immediately, as soon as it starts, people yep. start yep. cheering. Everyone's yeah, it's a headbanger. It's right and it's a sing along. Please tell me. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's got all the elements. Um, with this, like Sweet Child, another one like that. Anytime we play Sweet Child, as soon as it starts, people just oh, everybody, yeah. everybody cheers. Sweet yep. Sweet Home Alabama too. Yep. Which I sing every freaking night. Sweet Home Alabama. And see, I just did it though. I was like, eh. I love singing it. I, 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 and I sang it. Sweet Home Alabama doesn't get any better than this right now, Steve, for this one song. That's the attitude you got to have. Then when that song's over, the next song on the list is going to be just as great. You're right. And sometimes I sing it twice in a night, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Cause if you really dislike doing a song, I mean, it's borderline. Sometimes you can convince the band. It's like, I just don't want to do it. You know? Yeah. No, no, not that song. There's no way. No, and, no, no, and I do right. like I do like singing it. I think I sing it fairly well, and I like I do like it. 
I especially like songs that I sing that where people are singing along, where I'm looking out and I can see mouths moving while I'm singing. Yeah. Um, and, but uh, speaking of that, one of my favorite things that I enjoy that makes me always cracks me up when I'm playing is when I'm watching somebody who's like really into it, probably a little drunk, usually a girl. Sorry, ladies, but usually a girl watching and singing along, but doesn't know the words but they're still trying to sing along yes. and you can watch like their lips moving and it's not matching the words at all, but they're convinced, you know, they're, but they know the sweet home Alabama port. I'm not talking about that song. I'm just talking about any song. But I mean, like, typically they know the chorus, you know? Yeah. But that, I mean, that song too, they might not know the lyrics in the verse, but they're trying to sing along and they like, they're getting it completely wrong, but they're still moving their lips. And so that always cracks me up. I, and, I love it. And that gets back to the perspective thing earlier where you're like, oh, I got to sing this song again. Right, but, right. But you see, you know, 50 people in the room, drunk, dancing, spilling drinks on each other, having a great time, <laughs> trying to sing along. You know what I mean? Like, that's why we're there. We're making that experience for them. It's not all about us enjoying playing the song, right? It's that we're performing. We're, we're, we're there as entertainment. You know, we just happen to enjoy what we do immensely. You know, yes. but when you do have doubts and say, ah, oh, I don't know if I can do this or I don't feel up to par, like, you know, like Zach Risby used to say to me, you know, he he's plays with Kansas now. But when we we played in the band together, he would always say, like, it doesn't matter if you work in the studio, you know, a 20 hour marathon session and then packed up and came to the gig. I might be working on no sleep or an hour sleep or a nap. But when you hit the stage and it's showtime, you can't suck, you know. You cannot sing. You and I, uh, yeah. And I'm still aware of that too, because of the contemporaries that I'm with, you know, yeah. I'm playing with people who are very talented and I, I have to make sure I'm bringing my A game mm -hmm. every time. And, and I'm aware of that, you know, I, I'm, um, cause people, we know each other so well that you'll notice just the littlest, uh, flubs or, or whatever. Um, and somebody will notice it on me and I don't want, I don't want to, rock the boat like that i want to make sure i get my job done and you're like steve what are you doing over there and i'm like i'm taking a nap wake me up wake, wake up wake me up when we have to do sweet home <laughs> yeah but you're right you don't want to be flubbing notes every song this is one i can't stand though I, greg he said he refused a sweet home and brown eyed girl and bye bye miss america pie those are all free bird fifty dollars a request hundred to play it's funny um brown eyed girl is one i can't stand on man uh, refused to play <laughs> I don't like Brown Eyed Girl because they always make me do a little bass solo in that in that doop, in, in that doop, bass doop, doop, drop down part, doop, 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 and I I don't want a solo doop, doop, in that song because it's 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 just a weird groove to solo in, and it's G major, and it's I don't know, it's I'm just, I'm not I'm not comfortable soloing. Embrace the challenge, Steve. Growth. I do. I growth do. only happens when you're uncomfortable. I'm saying Mom. I do it. I do it. I just don't like it. If somebody calls that song, I, it turns my stomach. But I, I'll do it anyway. All right. <laughs> you know, uh, Ray says he refuses to play. Did I just have a rate? He refuses to play Freebird. Uh, but we, what we do in New Orleans is we say it's $100 for Freebird. And almost every time somebody comes up and gives us $100. So It's on sale tonight for 100 bucks. On sale. Right. That's how it works. Discounted. Right. Um, but, you know, that's how we do. We're playing for the people, not for us. So that's what we do. Um, 
But you and, need one or two self-indulgent songs. You need you always got to have sure. at least a couple of songs in the night where you, you're totally looking forward to playing that song, you know? Right. For whatever reason. That's why I like doing new material. Yeah. Um, which I have this coming week. We're doing a couple new songs, which I'll tell you about next week. But um, everybody nice. out there, thank you for watching. Thank you for being a part of Cover Band Central. Check out CoverBandCentral.com. You can sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It is free. And there's also a lot of other material on the website, like a meme gallery and a whole host of articles, informative and funny and entertaining and all that. So please check that out. That is the hub for all things CoverBand Central. Uh, uh, Thursday, I'm doing a webinar with this guy who has a, a site called Book Live Pro, which helps musicians uh, get gigs and uh, put you out there in a database. And it's a free webinar that's going to be at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on Thursday. So check that out. Uh, it will be on the Caravan Central page in the group and on YouTube. And yes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where all these uh, old wisdom hours, the, the past, not old, but past wisdom hours. The archives. Are archived. And also the daily videos that I do uh, Motivation Monday, Tribute Tuesday, whatever Wednesday, Throwback Thursday, and Funky Friday. Yeah. Those are all they're on YouTube. So go to YouTube, subscribe to that channel. And that's a quick hour. Thank you guys again for watching, for being a part of this. A wrap. You guys rock. We'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.